Let's turn in the Bible to 1 Thessalonians chapter 2. We're going to take the Lord's Supper tonight, and uh, we went a little longer on that. So let's turn to um, 1 Thessalonians chapter 2. This is page 1087 in a pew Bible. Uh, Thessalonians is after Colossians, and it's before 2 Thessalonians, and Thessalonians is before Timothy. So it's right there in Paul's letters. It's a letter to the church in Thessalonica, to the Thessalonians. I want to talk to you tonight, very simply, not not a very loaded sermon, but something that's been on my heart. Church is about us centering ourselves on the worship of God, the gospel of Jesus according to the truth, and y'all know that. Start another new members class today, and I spend a whole lot of time in those classes explaining the four-point gospel, that God is holy, that people are sinful, that Jesus is the answer to that problem, but we must respond with faith and repentance. And we go over that, and we talk a lot about how the whole Bible's about that, and, and, and you know that that's what church is about, right? The church is about the preaching of the word, and church is about uh, worshiping God through the truth of his word. But you also know that there must be some, uh, some relationships, some foundation, some uh, situations, scenarios where that ministry of the Word is, is able to thrive. There, there needs to be. And I want you to see this now tonight from the book of Thessalonians. When we begin a new members class, I give every single person, every person gets in there and they've got their little booklet that we've put together and there's five chapters in there and before the the five chapters there's a little introduction. It's got a picture of me and my family. It's got a little write-up of of who I am and what my family's like. And and I always get to tell them my my little story in just a few minutes of how uh, I I had never heard of Fairdale and I had never been to Kentucky. It was my first time. And the first church I ever went to here as a single man, seminary student, at 23 years old, was, was here. This is the first church I ever went to, really the only. I did visit one other church, but it was more or less just because they had famous pastors there. And I, I knew I, I never really wanted to go there. And, and since 2003, what has happened in the last 14 years, as I have felt, in all honesty and sincerity, I have felt that our relationship is growing in our depth of knowing each other and loving each other. And I share that in the new members class in the first 15 minutes. So we're about to go four weeks of meeting together and me teaching them what it means to be a church according to the Bible. But I always begin with that. One, because I want them to know me and my family. Two, I want them to know how meaningful our relationship here as a church pastor and church body. But three, because I think it is crucial that people understand and experience that when you get a good relationship like that, that's the fertile ground. That's the soil for the Word of God to thrive. This is how family is supposed to be. Now, you've heard me say this a lot. You'll listen to your mama when she tells you that you're wrong, that you're out of line, that you need to spank and you better get your act together. You'll listen to her. Why? Because you know that she loves you right? 
family, we can, in families, when families are good, strong, healthy families, you can have hard, heavy conversations. You can talk about awkward things. You can talk about things that maybe you wouldn't talk about on the street or even uh, with your neighbor. Because you know there is a, uh, a setting where love and depth and relationship is. And so it is to be in the church with the ministry of the Word. Let me give you a further example, not just me, because you could, somebody could push back and say, well, you're the pastor, so that makes it a little bit different. No, that, that happens in a lot of ways. Go back about five or six years, I had never heard of Drew Dillman. I was the youth pastor here, and I was trying to meet every teenager that I could in Fairdale, and I spent all of my time outside at the park in the neighborhoods or whatever, but I'd never met him. Fast forward a few years, we love him. We're wasting time just laughing at him and his life, and not because it's a waste of time, because we care so much, right? There's a real sense that everybody in here thinks, wow, that, that's cool. I'm happy that he's happy. I'm happy that his life's going well. There's a real sense in which I'm kind of, it's not even a spiritual thing, but I'm proud of him just because I'm the pastor, right? We love him, and he loves us back. He's got a lot going on today, and he's here on a Sunday night, right? We love him, he loves us back. We could take any of you all and talk that same way. And so when, when Miss Jeannie or, or Mr. Ray raises their hand and says, things look like they're going well, I thank God for that, there's growth here, we're seeing growth, that sort of thing, and the Word of God is working, I want you to remember, it is the Word of God working. It is. But the Word of God works well I don't want to say that the Word of God is dependent upon us being loving, okay? I don't want to go that far, but you know what I mean. The Word of God thrives on the soil that is ready for it, that we've prepared for it. And you're going to see this in 1 Thessalonians. In 1 Thessalonians, what Paul is talking about is the ministry of the Word. His mission's effort as a missionary to go to different places and to end up in Thessalonica and to preach the strong gospel like he does. Paul never holds back. Paul, nobody doubts that Paul is a man of God, committed to the word, willing to suffer, strong, bold preacher. Nobody doubts that. That's who he is and that's what he did. And y'all know that there are a lot of guys these days who also want to be strong, bold preachers. They don't know the aspect that I'm going to show you tonight where Paul understood that a loving, caring, sacrificial relationship is what paves the way for the Word of God to thrive. Tonight, I want to open up a little bit, a glimpse into my pastoral heart and really, I think the vision and thrust of where our church is and where we've come from and where we're going, as we see it here in Thessalonians. I want to focus on verses 7 and 8, but let's start reading in verse 1. Chapter 2, verse 1. For you yourselves know, brothers, that our coming to you was not in vain. But though we had already suffered and been shamefully treated at Philippi, as you know, we had boldness in our God to declare to you the gospel of God in the midst of much conflict for our appeal does not spring from error or impurity or any attempt 
to deceive. But just as we have been approved by God to be entrusted with the gospel, so we speak not to please man, but to please God who tests our hearts. You see that? that that's the Paul we know, isn't it? That is the strong, bold, gospel preacher, missionary Paul. He was going to preach God's message, and if it got him run out of town or stoned or attacked or anything, he was going to do it. And he doesn't hold back from that. He's the one who said, I'm not ashamed of the gospel. This is Paul. And we know this about him, but keep reading. Verse verse 5. For we never came with words of flattery, as you know, nor with a pretext for greed. God is witness. Nor did we seek glory from people, whether from you or from others. Y'all, he wasn't a people pleaser. He wasn't doing it so people patted him on the back. He didn't do it hoping that they paid him well enough. He didn't do it so that everybody loved his sermons and came back to tell him about it. He came preaching the message. Verse 6, nor did we seek glory from people, whether from you or from others, though we could have made demands as apostles of Christ. But now look at verses 7 and 8. But we were gentle among you, like a nursing mother taking care of her own children. So being affectionately desirous of you, we were ready to share with you not only the gospel of God, but also our own selves because you had become very dear to us. Now, I want you to think about church, your experience of church, the churches that you know, your friends that go to other churches. And I want you to think about ministers and teachers and preachers. And I want you to think about the setting, the context, the the soil, if you will, in which the ministry of the Word is being Effective or or supplied. In just a few verses, we have Paul saying, I didn't come with flattery. I didn't come in greed looking for something from you. I didn't come seeking to please you. Not at all. I came preaching the gospel, even with suffering, and I preached the gospel with all boldness there. And I wasn't going to let anything get in the way. And that does sound kind of macho and tough. But in the very next verses, he says... He was like a nursing mother to them. The culture, y'all, has no idea of this. They don't even know manhood that could be this way. They don't know a man who's so strong and confident and, and secure in who he is in God. They don't know a man who has his convictions and doesn't let anything get in the way and is willing to suffer and willing to go the extra mile and willing to give up himself and at the same time can say that he's tender and gentle and caring like a nursing mother that speaks like this, I'm affectionately desirous of you. This is the manhood that we need to see. But tonight, I don't want it to be so much a message on, on manhood or toughness or anything like that. I want you to see that this is, the, this is the setting, if you will, that makes the Word of God thrive. He loved them. He cared for them. They mattered to Him. Take anybody in your life that you care about. You want them to know the Lord. Perhaps it's a neighbor, coworker, friend, I don't know. Maybe somebody you've been praying for or witnessing to or hoping that they would know God. 
One, have you spoken the word to them about Jesus? Have you told them about Jesus that they need to be saved? But a step that you would ask before that might be, what relationship was there for that gospel truth to build upon? Was there affectious desire for them? Did they know that you loved them? You cared? That this was deep and sincere? Did they felt like you were a nursing mother to them? People listen to a mother that cares so much. I don't know when was the last time that you've been around a nursing mother, but I've gotten pretty used to it. When a nursing mother has a baby, and that baby needs to eat, mama has to feed the baby, right? It's the top priority. You know how uh, beneficial nursing can be. You know the connection that happens between a baby and a mother. Y'all are familiar with that. Paul says that's the way it is with him and the Thessalonians. He's not even from there. He's a missionary. He's an outsider, if you will, that found himself in Thessalonica, and now he's talking about such love for them. I could picture them sitting around talking kind of after hours, and somebody saying, man, the Word of God is just thriving here. And hearing somebody say, Paul loves us so much. We're going to listen to him. He cares for us. He is sincere toward us. And that's what he's saying. Look what he says again in verse 8, the second half, that he was ready to share the gospel of God. Listen, we're looking for people who have a, a heart for missions and a heart for evangelism and want to share the gospel, right? Churches are always looking for who those people are, right? We just started some new Sunday school classes. Who can teach those? Who's willing to? Who wants to be involved in teaching the Word of God? That's a real aspect of the ministry of the Word in a church. But look what he also says. Did we even consider that as a church? Do we? He also was ready to share his own self with them because they had become very dear to him. Church, we need to realize that in the ministry of the Word, it's not at all about how well you can preach or teach. Doesn't the Bible tell us that the power is in the message? Perhaps we as seminary students and called ministers need a few less lessons on the Word. Don't get me wrong, y'all know the importance of the Word. But a few more lessons on what it means to have a heart for the people you're going to speak the Word to. What a statement here. Now, let's ask a real hard question that maybe he answers and maybe he doesn't. How... How did he get that way? How did Paul get to where he loved them so much? That's hard to answer, isn't it? Doesn't really tell us. The real answer that I want y'all to hear is it has to come from God. Calling is a real thing. 
You cannot just take somebody, okay? You cannot just take somebody and place them somewhere and it be a good fit. Calling is a real thing. Two years ago, Highview Baptist Church, who I've got a good relationship with, maybe the biggest Baptist church in Louisville, sent out their best, one of their very best guys. I mean, one of the very best. He had been on staff at the church, I know, for 10 years at least. And he and his family and his wife had prepared and prepared. He had been, a, he had been like a, a super great minister here. And they sent him out as a missionary. It had been his desire to Africa to be a missionary. And they went, he and his wife. They knew it, they loved it, they were called, they were doing all that sort of stuff. And they got there, and it just didn't work. It didn't work. A few months went by, and they started calling home like, this, this isn't going well. We're not happy. We're not liking it. There's a lot of tension here. A few months turned into a few more months. And after that, they just said, hey, we've got we to gotta shut this thing down. It's just not going to work. It's not the right fit. He came back, found a place to kind of recover, he and his family. Now he's pastoring a church in Georgia. And there's a good fit there. Sometimes, now missions makes it even more complicated, but sometimes... Whether we can preach and teach in the most awesome way, it's not going to be the right thing if we don't know how to build a relationship that allows the Word to work. And I'm not so much meaning that the Word's dependent on us doing well as much as I'm meaning we can get in the way of the Word. Okay, and I think you all understand that. So I asked, how did did he get this way? And I'm just going to say that it's from God, okay? I think that we could also say that time spent together will help that, right? Time uh, in a relationship will grow the relationship. But I'm going to say ultimately that it's from God. But let me ask you this. How, How did they know that? Because you don't say that type of thing if it's not sincere, right? You, you, can't, you can't start bragging in a letter that's going to be published by God as Holy Spirit Bible for the rest of, the rest of eternity about how much you love somebody and how you love them like an affectious, desirous, nursing mother if it isn't sincere. You're going to have everybody in the world rolling their eyes, right? Give me a break, Paul. Yeah, you're sure you did. So he can't say that unless it's real. How did they know that? Well, look at verse 9. For you remember, brothers, our labor and toil. We worked night and day that we might not be a burden to any of you while we proclaim to you the gospel of God. Paul did not at all think that he's the minister of the word and so they should have rolled out the red carpet for him. He didn't. Paul said that the calling of God is my supply. The power of God is my strength. The joy of God is my contentment. And he worked his rear off for them. And they knew it. They knew that he loved them because he worked night and day for them. But something that I think is just absolutely outstanding. Look what he says next. Verse 10. You are witnesses in God also how holy and righteous and blameless was our conduct toward you believers. For you know how, look at this, like a father. Does everybody see him say like a father? What did he just say in verse 7? Like a mother. Well, when you start talking about a mother and a father, what do you have? Family. 
family. Paul, in a few verses, has described himself in the ministry as a family man. You'll learn a lot about family if you read the Bible. Look what he says. For you know how, like a father with his children, we exhorted each one of you and encouraged you and charged you to walk in a manner worthy of God who calls you into his own kingdom and glory. Now tonight's message isn't on parenting, but you can learn a lot about parenting right there, can't you? He was like a mother in what way? How he nurtured them and cared for them. How he felt for them. He was like a father in what way? Well, yeah, it doesn't actually say discipline. Discipline is kind of like a corrective thing, but on the exhorting, let's say that, the pushing side, right? The affirming, the building up, the motivating, the, the speaking into. Isn't that awesome? Isn't that so good? The Apostle Paul, who what's he most known for? Preaching the gospel. He is strong. He's not holding back. The opponents, the critics, the adversaries, the haters, if you will, they're not getting in the way. He came to Thessalonica. He's going to preach Jesus to them, and nothing's stopping him, even if he has to suffer and die. That's him. Well, how'd he do it? Like a mother, like a father, he loved them. He loved them. Hey, if you've got somebody that you really, really want to know Jesus, and you've learned from our church that if you want them to know Jesus, then you need to get them into the Word of God. You need to speak it to them, have them read it, listen to sermons. You want to get them connected to the Word of God. Take a step back and get family-oriented with them. Be like a mother toward them and that you care for them. Be like a father to them, that you're there, you're involved, you're coaching, you're speaking, you're exhorting, you're building up, you're speaking into their life. I think it's fascinating. Now look at verse 13 and we'll be done. This is the goal. And we also thank God constantly for this, that when you received the word of God, which you heard from us, You accepted it, not as the word of men, but as what it really is, the word of God, which is at work in you believers. For you, brothers, became imitators of the churches of God in Christ Jesus that are in Judea. See, that was the goal all along. That's why we started at verse 1. He came to preach the gospel. He came no matter what he was going to preach the gospel. He came that they would know Jesus. He came and that's what he was going to do. And you get down to verse 13 and 14 and that's what happened. But what was the relationship there that caused it? What was the ground that the word of God served among? What was the ground, what were the the, the, the tunnels or the avenues in which the ministry of the word moved. Real, real loving relationships. Like a mother toward them. Like a father toward them. I bet if we could ask any number of the younger people around here, any one of them, the ones that have been around for a while now, I see Megan sitting back there tonight, I bet if we could ask Megan, 
I, I bet that she would say that in a very real sense, our church is becoming both motherly and fatherly toward her. In, in these, these categories, right? Motherly, that we care. We think about her. We're involved in her life. Fatherly, we're speaking to her. We're teaching her. We're asking her. We're pushing her. And Paul says that's the, that's the setting for the Word of God to work. In the bulletin I put on here, knowing and being known, loving and being loved. Here's what I mean. You ought to want people to know you. Not everybody. But you've got to want some people to know you. There needs to be some people that know your secrets. There needs to be some people that know when you're having some sad days. You need to allow yourself to be known. On the flip side, you need to be the knower. You need to be trying to know some people. Because in knowing and being known, guess what starts to happen? Loving and being loved. Loving and being loved. Again, I'm the pastor, so it makes it a little bit different. But I think no doubt what helps you all love me is that y'all know my wife, and you love her, and you know my children, and you love them. And that there's a relationship there where we've been able to know each other. Y'all have seen me go through bad days, or bad seasons, or bad sermons, or bad dealings. You've seen me make mistakes. You've seen me learn, right? You know me. You've known me for a long time. We have a relationship. And in a relationship, a loving relationship, there's an opportunity for truth to take root. This is what Paul's describing is happening in the lives of the Thessalonians. And he rejoices that the Word of God is there. Church, may it be, may it be for us that we see the Word of God working here. I hope. I, I, I promise you it's not the case for me. I hope this isn't some uh, little country club feeling where we're just happy here because it's all good and we're the best of friends and we don't really care if anybody else comes or anything like that. We found a good niche for us. That's not what it is for me, and I hope that that's not what it is for you. I hope what it truly is is that the Word of God is working in your lives. And just like Miss Jeannie said, she could have spoken for me this, this Sunday evening as well. I feel like I'm loving God. I feel like I'm growing in the love of God here. Why? Because y'all know me. Because y'all love me. Because I know you all. And because I love you all. And that is a setting according to the Word of God for the Word of God to work. And we're seeing it working in people's lives. But let's be encouraged tonight that that's what it takes. So anybody new, right? The Smiths that just came forward, the 12 people that are in the new members class, right? Those people need to know and be known. Those people need to love and be loved. We need to know them. We need to love them for the Word of God to work in their lives. And may God give us grace to it. Hey, don't forget 1 Thessalonians 2. He was like a mother. He was like a father to them. And the result was the word of God growing. Let's be a family with relationships. Let's pray. Father, Father, thank you for uh, us seeing here the love of God in Paul's life to the Thessalonians. Father, help us to 
uh, be open to being known and open to knowing people and loving them as well. Father, thank you for teaching us that the Word of God can thrive when there are relationships like that. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.